Welcome to a special bonus episode here at Kanzen Shu, the podcast and extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzen Shu. Week in and week out, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining, all for the love of our favorite franchise, of course, Dragon Ball. My name is Mike Vegito EX, and I'll be your usual unexpected host slash ringleader for this show. On this special non-numbered bonus episode, it's all about the stories tied in with an awesome musical experience. So we've called in a bunch of favors from across the Konsenshu community and abroad to learn how and why certain pieces of Dragon Ball video game music continue to resonate with people to this day. Because we're all old now, we're gonna dive into that history there. The 32-bit era and earlier. So basically we're talking the Nintendo Famicom up through the Saturn and the PlayStation. We want to know what is it about some of this music that hit us so hard back then and still brings a smile to our collective faces today. So we have a bunch of good friends ready to tell you those stories and share the songs with you. So please enjoy the stories, the songs, and the whole show. We hope it brings all you old folkies, those of us in our age bracket, back to the same bright, wide-eyed, defining teenage years, discovering Dragon Ball. Everything was so fresh and new and unknown. And for you younger folks, maybe this little history lesson can be wrapped up with at least some good tunes that can remind you of kind of the same thing maybe the ps2 the gamecube the xbox era and later right now on the cusp of a new generation as we're doing this episode here and maybe we can dip into those games and those songs at a later point in time so keep all those awesome memories in your head and let it just kind of fester there with all the awesomeness until then please rock out with us and join us back each week for our regular discussions here at konsenshu the podcast For me, I'd have to go with Piccolo's theme from Butoden 2. Back before I could even play any of the games, I was listening to all the music from them, thanks to those old, forgotten Dragon Ball sites that used to run on GeoCities. You know the ones. I just remember going through all the Butoden soundtracks and finding myself constantly coming back to Piccolo's theme. I couldn't tell you why exactly I fell in love with this theme, but I think part of it had to do with its use of percussion and partly because of its allusion to the James Bond theme. It felt cool, it felt energetic, and whenever I think of the Batoden soundtracks, it's the first song that comes to mind.
I wanted to get a little bit of the very, very old handheld Dragon Ball love in the show here. And there's not a whole lot. I mean, there were a couple of Game Boy games, but you think early Dragon Ball video game music on the handhelds, is there anything really memorable? And to me, there wasn't, except for this one track. And it's not even because of the game itself. We do have a music download section on Konzenshu right now, but it's all fan rearrangements and remixes and stuff these days, because that's just how we roll now. And we have a remix of this song. It's under the artist named Dynamics Prince. But uh, if you follow along with our forum, perhaps you've seen him around. Shinobi03 actually did a complete remix album of Goku Hishoden from the Nintendo Game Boy. And his remix of the opening theme really, really grabbed me. I was never expecting that, especially from a piece of Dragon Ball game music that I really had no familiarity with. So I love the remix, but going back to the original version now... I have this kind of strange, deeper appreciation for what they were doing on such a limited hardware at the time. So the main title screen music from Goku Hishoden is this piece of music that has no existence in the nostalgia portion of my brain, but it's from this time, and it still somehow means a lot to me now. is quick and simple and to the point. I bought Ultimate Battle 22 on the PlayStation 1 when it got re-released over in the US, and I really liked the music, and then I started listening to the Daizenshu podcast, back when it was the Daizenshu podcast and not the Konzenshu podcast, you get it, and uh, Mike was using the uh, character select screen music as the intro for one of the segments, and uh, because I was avidly familiar with that music, every time it would play, I would imagine the rest of it playing out in the rest of my head. So uh, for those of you who have been listening to the show for 300-something episodes and didn't realize that that's where it came from, uh, well, maybe now you do for the first time. So here's the Ultimate Battle 22 Dragon Ball Z for PlayStation 1 character select screen music. Here we
My introduction to Dragon Ball came at a time before Funimation and before subtitled DVDs and before the internet. My introduction to Dragon Ball came from two things. Raw Japanese videotapes and Super Butoden 2 for the Super Famicom. A good friend of mine, his brother had friends who had all kinds of connections and were always bringing over weird things, and one guy brought over these videotapes from a show that he called Dragon Ball Z that we had never heard of. We didn't know what was going on, but we knew that we liked it, and now I know that what we were seeing was actually some episodes from during the Cell games. So we had no idea what the plot was, but there was all these really cool guys doing really cool moves and fighting each other, and later when his family had gone on a trip to Hawaii, he had come back with a Super Nintendo video game based on Dragon Ball, which we thought was super cool. So we only had the vaguest idea of who the actual characters were because of his friend knew their names and their relations and that was pretty much it but we played the hell out of that video game we were big into street fighter and all kinds of other 2d fighting games which were all the rage at the time and we just couldn't get enough of this one but i spent a lot of time at his house and that was really the game that we spent the most time with and we were mostly playing two-player because there was always so many people at his house and we were always trying to play games together but we did mess around with the story mode a little bit and of course the story mode is all in japanese and none of us could speak it and so we were just kind of poking around and looking at the animations and listening to the music. So for me, Super Butoden 2 is really what got me into the series. It's kind of where it all began. And so to me, when I think about the game and I hear the music, it really takes me back to that time before I knew everything about Dragon Ball and when it was all still so fresh and new and pure. So I could listen to the soundtrack from Super Butoden 2 and just get lost in it anytime you let me. But there's one song that does stand out to me, and it doesn't have a formal title. It just is on the soundtrack as Story Mode 1. And this is kind of a somber track. To me, as a young boy, you know, I was interested in the story and I had no idea what was going on. So when I see these characters doing fantastical things... And I hear this song that just paints this picture of heroes with their backs against the wall and this unstoppable villain. My mind is painting all these pictures and filling in these holes with what could the story be? And so whenever I hear Story Mode 1, it just takes me back to that time when Dragon Ball was still so fresh and new and just endless possibilities. When Mike originally asked me to participate in this, I was totally gung-ho for it. I was like, all right, a chance to talk about Dragon Ball music. I haven't even thought about this in years. And instantly, I panicked. 
right after that because I thought, wait a second, what what was even the last Dragon Ball Z game I played? Uh, so I rushed to YouTube, started looking at soundtracks, and started to panic because there was just so much to choose from. But then I came back to what Mike originally asked of us when he said, pick something that you're enthusiastic about or that you love. And bam, it clicked immediately. And I thought, Dragon Ball Z Legends. Dragon Ball Z Legends was my very first Dragon Ball game. And it was at a time when that game kind of represented everything that was unobtainable about the series to me. It had characters that were in the future because Dragon Ball was still in syndication and in repeat of the Saiyan saga. I didn't even know how the Saiyan saga ended at that time. And it was something that was so hard to get back in the day because uh, the most I'd seen of it were in these, you know, quarter inch by quarter inch screenshots in the back of video game magazines from the, uh, the import shops. So finally it came in the mail and I was so excited and worried that it wouldn't work, but I plugged it in and it booted up and I was just blown away. And I was tempted to choose the opening theme, but I definitely have to go with Theme of Assault, uh, which is a, I think it's like a three minute or two and a half minute piece. And it's pretty much divided up into 30 or 40 second chunks. So it's not really one continuous piece that that really plays to the ears, um, but it's just com- comprised of a bunch of different themes that in the game work wonderfully, because they're all uh, used in the Meteo attacks, which are the final attacks. And if you want to talk about something I'm enthusiastic or I love, to a 13-year-old me, that was where it was. It was incredible. Seeing all of these characters, I didn't even know who they were, um, with, with hair, without eyebrows, uh, these insect-looking things, it was amazing. So uh, I think uh, far and beyond, uh, my choice would be Dragon Ball Z Legends Theme of Assault.
Alright, the song I remember the most from the old Dragon Ball Z video game days is The Biggest Fight by Kageyama Hironobu from the video game Dragon Ball Final Bout for the PlayStation. You know, back in 1998, I was a senior in high school, and, you know, the Dragon Ball craze on Cartoon Network just kind of started. And like one of my friends, um, he had all of the Dragon Ball PlayStation games and he was all telling me, you know, uh, these games are kind of terrible, but, uh, you know, you could borrow them anyways. So he let me borrow um, all, all the PlayStation games, um, Ultimate Battle 22, Dragon Ball Z Legends, and Dragon Ball Final Bout. So the first one I wanted to play was Dragon Ball Final Bout because it had the picture of Goku in the blue gi. And so um, when I started up the game, you know, the first thing I heard was, um, well, after the Bandai logo, obviously, was you know this really awesome guitar riff. And then like you see Goku, you see Vegeta, you see Piccolo. Then I thought, is that Yamcha? Well, no, that's not yet. Well, I didn't know at the time that was Teenage Gohan. And, so, and then after that, when Cell turns his head and then, the, and then the guitar picks up and like, you know, shit's going down, man. Like I saw Frieza. Then I saw this pink guy who I later found out was Majin Buu. And then you, you see Goku fighting Frieza, but Frieza looks a little different than what we saw in Cartoon Network. Of course, I didn't know he he can change forms at the time. Watching them battle over you know over that blue city with with, you know, with Kageyama's his awesome vocals going, you know, it gets you so pumped up for the game. And I don't even know who like half of these characters are aside from you know, hey, I recognize Piccolo, but who is that green other dude with the spots he's fighting? And then, you know, as it's playing, I'm like, well, man, this song is so cool, man. It's like pumping me up to get ready to play the game. Then, you know, then after you see, you know, Kid Goku punch clouds that look like baby Vegeta. And like most of us didn't find out till years later. (laughs) And so we finally play the game and the game is pretty... Yeah, my friend was kind of right. It was a turd. Yeah, that opening with Kageyama Hironobu was just so fucking badass. Like, it duped so many people to believe that the, the game was actually good. So, so, you know, I would just recommend, you know, just play the game just to watch the awesome badass intro with the badass song. There you go. <laughs>
Longtime listeners of the podcast have probably heard this story before, but because we're sharing stories, uh, I wanted to share it again anyway and really uh, showcase just how amazing of a time it was. So many years ago, just being enthralled with Dragon Ball music of all these different varieties. It was For me, it was the background music and all the image songs and then all the video game music. And we've talked about this before, but I really feel like the 90s and early 2000s, especially the 90s online, checking out music. It's like the video game scores were this alternate soundtrack to Dragon Ball and this other universe where Kenji Yamamoto existed before he was the punchline to every joke about Dragon Ball music. It really was this alternate universe of Dragon Ball music where characters had these amazing themes and these underlying melodies to each song. It was it was just such a great time to be a fan. So this epiphany for me took place back in high school. It was my senior year of high school. So we're talking like 1999, 2000 here. I was working part-time at Blockbuster Video for those of you who are old enough to remember going down to stores to rent videos, particularly the summer after high school and before college, I used to work a lot of the later shifts up through closing. We would close at 1 a.m. So there'd be a couple of us there pretty late. And there would always be like the shift manager who was kind of in control over the night. And if you remember these stores, and a lot of stores still do it now, like if you go to Target, they're always playing the Target approved kind of sales videos where they promote things. I know at our Target, the Blu-ray display, They've been playing a promo for the Simpsons movie for probably five or six years at this point. It's kind of crazy. So at Blockbuster, we had these Blockbuster approved trailers and pitches for commercials, uh, rent two, get one free. It was just all Blockbuster all the time. And it got really obnoxious, not only to us, but to the customers as well, as you can imagine. So what we would do late at night after the actual owner of the uh, franchise left is we would put on movies. A lot of the times, uh, like on the weekends, for example, early we would put on Disney movies and then midday we would put on the blockbuster approved videos. But at night when all the real adults had left, we would put on really fun stuff. Uh, Once it passed 10 p.m., we would start putting on horror movies and those kind of things. And uh, I had one shift manager. His name was Marty. He used to like to put on live concert videos, some of which the store actually rented, but he would also bring in a bunch of his own as well. And I still so vividly remember this night. He put on a Pink Floyd video concert. And I have no idea what video it could have been, except now I look it up because I know what song I'm about to be talking about here. And if I had to guess, it was probably Pink Floyd Live at Pompeii. This was, I guess, released in 1972. Two, and it did have a VHS release. So if I had to guess, that's probably which one it was. I don't know what I was doing. I was probably either putting videos away or doing something behind the cashier desk. I, I wasn't involved with any customers or anything at the time because I can still remember my head shooting up and being like, why is Cell's theme from Super Butoden 2 playing right now? It's just bizarre Twilight Zone thing going on for me. And of course, now I know it's the song One of These Days. It was just that that early bass part of the song like oh i know what this what is going on just kind of standing there to myself looking around nervously like does, does someone huh and of course i had no one to share this revelation with and that was kind of the moment that i knew kenji yamamoto you son of a bitch Thank you. 
I didn't really ever get into Dragon Ball video games, and all the really old stuff was kind of before I ever became a fan, and Mike's restriction on things being the PlayStation era and earlier makes it really difficult for me to do something here. But what I thought I'd talk about was something interesting that I really came to be intrigued by while I was translating the lyrics Actually, just about a year ago, although it feels like much longer <laughs> with everything that's happened since 2012. So, this song I want to introduce is something called Namidami Taina Megafuru. Now, this originally, without lyrics and just played as sort of a chiptune, was the ending theme to the Dragon Ball Z video game Super Goku Den Kakseihen, uh, the second part of a two part series for the Super Famicom back in 1995. This one was released, I think, in September. Now, this part is an adventure story, unlike the Super Butoden games, which are more f straight up fighting. And it tells the story from the fight against Piccolo Jr. at the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai up through the defeat of Frieza. Now, the interesting thing about this game is that you're often presented with choices along the way, and you, well, not required, but to get the real ending of the story up through the end of the fight with Frieza, you need to progress exactly as the manga does. And that requires kind of you have an encyclopedic knowledge of what the characters actually say and do in the original manga. There are a few sort of alternative endings and that sort of thing, but you only get this song at the very end of the game, after defeating Frieza and Goku is apparently, and I know this is a big spoiler, consumed by the explosion of planet Namek. Now, it's sort of this quiet, slow, almost mournful tune. And the interesting thing is that a few months later in December, a CD was put out for this game and includes a vocal version. Now, again, this is being composed by the infamous Kenji Yamamoto, or at least now he's infamous, with lyrics by Yuriko Mori of, of course, Makafushigi Adventure from the original Dragon Ball, and sung by Ikuko Noguchi, better known to Dragon Ball fans as Kuko who, for instance, duetted with Hironobu Kageyama on the ending theme to the Bardock special. Now, looking at the lyrics, it's very interesting because it's singing about this person who wants people to all sort of get along and wishing that people would not hold on to the hatred in their hearts and that sort of thing. And on top of that being sung by a female singer, which I think is interesting partly because Goku was also voiced by a woman, Masako Nozawa, in the Japanese version. But, I don't know, just between the arrangement, which is this sort of quiet strings and voice, it seemed very emotionally honest, and although I guess you could probably debate whether this actually fits Goku or not, I thought it was really touching, in a way I was not expecting for a Dragon Ball song. So, that is the song that I wanted to talk about here right now. Now there are some other arranged tunes and some which are fairly famous, like for example Hikari no Wirupawa, which is Trunks's theme in one of the PlayStation games, and I'm sorry, I don't remember which one, like I said, I haven't actually played any of them. And yeah, but it's interesting that even way back for the Super Famicom, which I realize in nineteen ninety five it was kind of getting towards the end of its life cycle, but the fact that they would go ahead and make that song always struck me as quite interesting and I don't know. Pretty cool to use a by now cliched ending for my segments.
the song that I picked has particular meaning to me in terms of playing a pivotal role in whittling the hours away while working on my website back in uh, the 97, not 97, 98, 99, possibly 2000 time frame. I don't know if it went that late. So I remember back in the day when I was first discovering DBZ music, there were plenty of sites online that had um, video game music at some point or another. And I wish I could remember what site I downloaded this off of. I remember there was a site like Gotenks something or other. Um, I think even Vegeta EX may have had some music, or maybe, maybe Dr. Garrow's site, if I remember correctly. In any event, I remember not having even played any video games at this point. That would come maybe a year later in my in my DBZ fandom. I still got the music anyway because I would devour anything and everything Dragon Ball related. It didn't matter. It could do no wrong and everything was awesome. But this track was particularly awesome because... It, it had a sound to it that was both retro sounding, but kind of modern sounding at the same time. And I couldn't place my finger on it. All I knew is that I had it in my Winamp with all my DBZ skins on my Winamp, you know, to make it even more classy while I work on my website. Um, And this was just on perpetual repeat. Like I could just lose myself for hours listening to this song and not get sick of it. And before I knew it, like three hours had passed and I had done all the site work and this song had a pretty big uh, piece of uh, making that uh, experience of sight editing a little more enjoyable. I liked how it was um, a very upbeat song and I had a hard time picturing uh, it being part of a video game. Again, it was the arranged version, but it's not like I knew any better back then about the differences between arranged versus, you know, what's in the original soundtrack. But in my head, because I knew it was Vegeta's theme, I found myself kind of fantasizing Oh, well, what if this song was used in the show? What kind of scene would it be with Vegeta in it? And would he be all, all cool and kicking ass? Or would he be having his ass handed to him? Like is the case, you know, later on and in the middle a little bit. Um, so that's another reason why this song has fond memories for me. Because I would just do my own what ifs in my head while this song just played in my brain. While I made imaginary scenes up with it. It was just... Uh, I mean, all the all the songs on this particular game soundtrack are really good, but this one I gravitated to the most, which is interesting because being a Trunks fan, you'd think I'd be digging all the Trunks themes, which I do. But this one, I, I just, it, it hit all the right notes for me. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely love this song, and I probably listen to this more than Hikari no Willpower, to be honest. So here's the arranged theme of Vegeta from Super Butoden 2.
After being on the podcast for quite some time now, I don't think it's any surprise to a lot of our listeners and fans that I am not a huge video game person. Now, that's not to say that I don't like video games, because I do play quite a few video games, but... I think a lot of it stems from the fact that when I was a kid, we didn't have a lot of video games around. We just didn't have the systems. My parents never went out and bought us things. If we wanted anything, we would have to get it ourselves. I remember going down to our local GameStop at the time, and my brother and I had put all of our money together, and we bought a Sega Game Gear, which at that point was well beyond the time that anyone should actually be buying a Sega Game Gear, but for some reason we ended up buying it anyway. I think mostly because we couldn't afford the Nintendo Game Boy. For one Christmas, my parents did actually get us a NES, probably because it was super cheap, and at that time, the Super Nintendo was the new hot thing. Uh, Beyond that, we didn't do a whole lot of video game playing as a kid until we actually bought an N64 and played a shit ton of GoldenEye. But, back to Dragon Ball. One of my good friends in junior high had a PlayStation that he had put a mod chip in, and I would always go over to his house after school, and we would play all sorts of imported games that he had purchased from, oh, who knows from where. But anyway, we would go over to his house and play, and... One of the first games that he pulled out that we played was Dragon Ball Final Bout. And that was one game that we had played quite a bit. Um, We quickly learned how terrible it was. But beyond that, it was the first actual Dragon Ball game that I had ever played. Although the entire thing was in Japanese, and at the time I knew very little. But we knew who the characters were. Uh, We would guess on how to do certain attacks, we got on the internet, looked things up, and the music was okay, you know, I didn't mind it that much, but when he came home one day and he said, hey, Heath, I just bought Dragon Ball Z Ultimate Battle 22, that is a game that I will always have fond memories of because it's the one that we actually played the most, and to this day is probably one of the crappiest games I've ever played but it was amazing at the time. The music was superb. I don't know what all you can really say about besides Hikari no Willpower. Is one of my all-time favorite video game songs from the franchise, mostly just because of my nostalgia for it from when I was a kid. Although I know it is a song that a lot of people like and appreciate. Uh, The piano intro, just the the little synth riffs that you get through the song. And then when Hironobu Kageyama actually released a vocal version of it with that kick-ass guitar solo. And just adding his vocals to it really, really brought that song to life for me. And it's one of my personal favorites, and it's one that I will always listen to. It is my go-to video game song, especially for 32-bit. I first got into the Japanese side of Dragon Ball, it was the year 2000, and... It was it was kind of a magical time still because this was you know a few months before Funimation started putting out their DVDs and even longer still before I had a DVD player to to play them on. So rather than having all this stuff to be exposed to, you kind of had to just 
find things and and incorporate them into your fandom somehow. You, 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 there wasn't just this this huge buffet of things to choose from. It was just okay, what can I find? And you know, what is this? This is cool. I don't like. I don't really know what it is, but it, you know, it's great. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't quite the dark ages. I mean, we had the internet and everything. So in terms of music, I know a lot of people listen to like the hit song collections, but I I never did. To this day, I don't think I've ever listened to a single song from from those because when I would look for music, I would look for things specifically that were from the show, you know, background music or theme songs or something. If it wasn't in the show, I didn't care about it. And I'd never played any of the video games, and I have yet to actually play a game where this that has this song. So I'm not sure how it was that this one song got through my radar. In fact, I seem to recall specifically seeking it out. I knew what it was. I knew it was from a video game. I knew it was a Trunks theme. I'm not sure where I found that out. Maybe from Temple of Trunks or from Planetomic or Daisenshu EX. I don't know. But for some reason, I, I, I wanted this song, even though I didn't want any other song that wasn't from the show. So I found this song, and it's a great song. I love it. I haven't listened to it in a while until now. But, you know, it's just, it's good, it's hard, it's rockin', it's, it, it's one of those, one of those really good keeps you pumped songs. But the, the funny thing about it is that it's really a specific version. It, it's, it's not, it's not the version from the games itself. It's, it's not, it's not even the, uh, in-studio vocal version. It was, it was the live version I found. I didn't specifically seek out the live version, but that's what I found, and that's what I was, you know, that's, that's what, kind of what I had to make do with. And I usually don't like live versions of songs, but in this case, it's the live version that, that really sticks out in my head. And, and it's all because of Kageyama. It's just the opening to the song. Like I said, I hadn't listened to this song in a while before I came back to it for this. But that opening was exactly how I remembered it. Just uh, with Kageyama starts out with this this sort of weird laughing. Dude. <laughs> okay, and and then he says, yes, you know, so it gives a little intro to something, and then and finally you know, gets the gets the crowd all built up, and then it's like Hikari no will power. Hikari no will. And everybody starts screaming, and it's I don't know that that's that's always what I remember about this song the most, even even more than the song itself. It's just that opening and never fails to bring a smile to my face.
tell by now, fans of my generation, uh, as you've heard from so many here on the show, we have this kind of uh, almost default go-to experience with the Super Famicom and then up through the PlayStation game music. I did want the Famicom to be represented the same way that I wanted the Game Boy to be represented here on the show, but I didn't play much in the way of the Famicom games. In fact, I only own one, and it's Daimao Fukatsu. I own the Famicom cartridge for that, except for one other. And I know it from other places originally. What I'm getting at here is Saiyajin Zetsumetsu Keikaku, a plan to eradicate the science. I actually went backward in history on this one. Perhaps you remember the ironically named There Is No OVA section on Daizenshu EX, which we of course named more appropriately and threw over in the kind of movie guide slash tidbits as we moved forward through Daizenshu EX and now into Kanzenshu. So I knew this song not from the original Famicom game version first, but from the VHS footage and then the Playdia game and then the original Famicom version, I am in fact talking about the main title, main theme music from Plan to Eradicate the Science. Now, what's interesting about this is it was actually rearranged and reorchestrated. I don't want to say reorchestrated because it was kind of budget when it made its way to the Playdia game and then the video footage based off of that. So we kind of have two versions of this song. We have the newer Playdia version, but there's also the original version as it played on the Famicom. And... (laughs) 
I hate the soundtrack to this game so much. The game, the re-release of the game on the Playdia, and then the video footage. But the main theme is the only one that's somewhat passable to me. It's slightly memorable, and the more you listen to it, the more it gets under your skin in kind of this good way. I don't know if just living in the world of Plan to Eradicate the Science for so long, so intimately, has almost bastardized this main theme in a weird way for me. It's almost impossible to put in words, so what I'm going to do instead is transfer my pain to you in a good way with the main title theme music from Plan to Eradicate the Science on the Nintendo Famicom. Unlike many of my old school gaming seniors at Konzenshu, most games of the 16 and even 32-bit era were well before my time as a serious gamer. All I really had for most of my childhood was the NES in my grandparents' basement, some type of Game Boy or another for myself, and the family computer. But as a youngin, I didn't usually buy my own games, and I had no idea what the word emulation meant. So any Dragon Ball games that existed in the 90s were well beyond my reach. But then in 2000, my aunt and uncle got tired of me hogging their PlayStation and got me my own PS1 for Christmas. Over the next few years, I steadily built a decent little collection of games for it. Then in 2004, it happened. Dragon Ball GT Final Bout got itself a re-release in North America. By that time, I was a young but very avid Dragon Ball fan, and I jumped at the chance to add a quote-unquote classic Dragon Ball game to my collection. A little while after that, in 2006, I hopped onto the biggest cultural bandwagon since the printing press and joined YouTube. One of the first videos I ever uploaded to my account was a short clip from Final Bout. I'd recently found and joined this awesome Dragon Ball forum called Daizenshu EX, and someone wanted to see what Vegito's final Kamehameha attack looked like in the game. So I cleverly hooked up my PS1 to the family computer, performed the attack in training mode while recording footage of Movie Maker, uploaded to YouTube, and bada-bing. Now, as it just so happened, for some reason that little video became very popular. Everything else on my YouTube channel, from high school film class projects to a Dragon Ball AMV or two, to short clips from another AMV I'll probably never finish, haven't gotten even a fraction of the views, comments, and general attention that this tiny 10-second clip of one character pulling off one attack has. As it just also happened, the character I picked to stand there and get hit was Super Saiyan 4 Goku. 
Being a GT-centric game, Final Bout decided to put all the focus on Goku and play his background music instead of Vegito's. A lot of the comments I ended up getting were of people asking just what this badass track was, and since I could never remember myself, I've had to look it up and ended up listening to it quite a few times over the years. The song in question, Super Saiyan 4 Goku's theme from Final Bout, is my choice. Hero of Heroes. If my video had never generated such a baffling level of feedback, I probably never would have given this music a second listen. But I've actually come to really appreciate it in that you can't help but start to like it after listening so closely kind of way. For one, I really like these types of insert songs that are mostly instrumental, but with just a few vocal lines here and there. And that way it kind of reminds me of Solid State Scouter, another one of my favorites. Not to mention that English is always fun. But more than that, it works great as an insert song relating to a specific character. The heavy drums and choir-like vocals really give the song a sense of seriousness and overwhelming power, which is nothing but fitting for Goku when he first achieved and used Super Saiyan 4. GT may not be a good show, and Final Bout may not be a good game. In fact, I'm pretty sure they aren't. But Hero of Heroes really shines and embodies what I think are the two good things about both, Super Saiyan 4 and the soundtrack.
Thanks so much to all the friends and extended family here at Konzenshu who contributed to the episode. The folks and games you heard from were Scott Kaiserneko of Team 4 Star with Piccolo's theme, the arranged version specifically from Super Butoden 2 on the Super Famicom. Myself, Mike Vegito EX with the main title from Goku Hishouden on the Game Boy. Longtime friend of the site, Chris Kerbifer with the character select music from Ultimate Battle 22 on the PlayStation. Also a longtime friend of the site, your buddy Joe Spacekappa with the story mode music just called Butoden 1 from Super Butoden 2. Longtime Dragon Ball web community acquaintance Greg, Greg Werner, of course, from the Ultimate DBZ Info site and then the Grand Line, and of course, these days on the One Piece podcast with theme of assault from Idainaru Dragonboru then sits on the PlayStation 1 and the Saturn. Also, longtime friend Ryan Castor Troy of Ye Olden, Vegeta Insane, Ginga Giri Giri, and now these days 3G Kai with the biggest fight, the opening theme to Final Bout on the PlayStation. Myself, Mike Vegito EX again with Cell's theme from Super Butoden 2. Our own Julian Saya Jedi with The Rain That's Falling Looks Like Tears from Super Goku Den, the Awakening chapter on the Super Famicom. Our own Mary, of course, also from Ye Olden Temple O Trunks with the arranged version of Vegeta's theme from Super Butoden 2. A tag team there of our own Heath Mr. Hujio here from Kanzenshu, as well as longtime friend Lance Gaffertaper, Mr. Fusion, depending on where you are on the internet, with Hikari no Willpower, Trunks' theme from the 32-bit games. Myself one more time there with the main title music from Plan to Eradicate the Saiyans, Saiyajin Zetsumitsu Kikaku, on the Nintendo Famicom. And wrapping things up, our moderator extraordinaire Sean Kaboom with Hero of Heroes, Super Saiyan 4 Goku's theme from Final Bout. If y'all enjoyed the episode, even with all of these contributions, you can tell we still barely touched upon the incredibly rich history of Dragon Ball video game music. So if you have any favorite tracks, be sure, please, join up over on Kanzenshu and drop some memories. We have a discussion thread for every episode, and this one is no different. We would love to hear from you. And remember, you can catch us each week for a regular podcast here on Kanzenshu. 
with all the news, the analysis, and all the in-depth discussions you have come to expect from the show. This podcast here we started in 2005, and the website itself before that going all the way back to 1998. Now, I know this episode was all about the old school material, but I did want to leave you with a fun tease from the, let's call it the DBZ video game resurgence post-2000. This is the capsule acquisition music from Dragon Ball Z3 or Budokai 3 as it came out internationally, which is one of the great Kenshi Yamamoto tracks that's basically just another song from Toll Sale. In this case, it is September, of course, by Earth, Wind, and Fire. To me, it's that upbeat hilarity that you hear in the song and you know from the surrounding circumstances that basically defines the DBZ video game music from the 2000s onward. So it seemed like a fitting piece of music to send you off with. So please enjoy, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.